Hey, good afternoon. Wednesday means the 573 report here on PowerMizzou.com brought to you by 573Ts. I have not checked 573Ts.com today, but I'm assuming there will be a Gates Are Open Gates of Hell, some sort of Dennis Gates apparel available shortly on 573Ts.com. So you should check that out if you want to see their uh, location. Go in, get some custom-made stuff. You can do that in Alley A between 9th and 10th Street in downtown Columbia. Good partners of ours for a couple of years now. Thank the folks at 573Ts for being a part of this show every week. Thank you guys for being a part of it as well. If you're here, do me a quick favor. Hit the like button. Subscribe to our channel. If you end up listening on the podcast, which I will upload later, then uh, you know, leave us a nice review. Say good things on social media. Feel free to ask us your questions. Make your comments. Let them build up. Up over in the queue we will get to those in a minute but prior to that we are bringing mitchell 40 into the conversation and as we discussed in the extensive pre-show meeting absolutely nothing going on mitch i don't know what we're going to talk about yeah sometimes we have to kind of uh, manufacture things to talk about that is not the case right now we got we got plenty to cover so so we'll start here just so so we start out on brand of me bitching about something we'll do that um so about three o'clock yesterday, I think I sent you, Mitch, and Dave Matter a text that said, hey, for the first time in like two weeks, I don't think I'm going to have to like work well into the night and have stuff going on um, after dinner tonight. And then Trevon Brazil and Javon Pickett went into the transfer portal and we just never get a day without news. Today so far has been without news, but I, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be without news because surely something's going to happen. Yeah, that seems likely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunately these things, it, when you get into a cycle like this, you know, news begets news, right? You know, like hirings and firings lead to transfers, lead to stuff, you know, coaching searches, obviously all that type of stuff. So uh, not totally unexpected, but it'd be kind of nice if they could stretch this stuff out, like in two weeks when we're bored. If we could, like, be like, let's just revisit the 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 pick in Brazil transferring thing. Like, let's all just forget it happened and revisit it then. So, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, the flip side of that is day one on the job, and Dennis Gates got some things in front of him, right? Um, he does. Uh, so, it, look, pick it in Brazil. Neither one. I, I, I'm kind of I mean the Javon Pickett thing caught me a little off guard like Mark Smith did last year because I just kind of thought Javon Pickett was probably done playing college basketball Uh, and that may still be the case like let's be clear about two things here the timing first of all these guys entered the portal we can't say for sure before they knew Dennis Gates was the coach but certainly before they spoke to Dennis Gates I mean they didn't talk to him until yesterday morning because he can't be talking to the players before he's actually the coach so they didn't know he was the coach when they initiated this thing and then second of all it is simply kind of like declaring for the NBA draft which actually Trevon Brazil very well may do it gives you an opportunity to go through these things. Like these guys now can legally be contacted by other schools. And I want to be very clear. I think they were illegally being contacted by other schools previously, but this just makes it above board. Right. Yeah. It's really not a huge surprise that guys that are entering the transfer portal more probably will. And really it's almost smart to, 
Um, you might as well get a sense of your options, right? Like Javon Pickett, he may not come back to school, but he's going to have get an idea for where he would have a chance to and decide from there. Trevin Brazil is, you know, I mean, there's been tweets out there. I can't necessarily confirm this, but it wouldn't surprise me that he's fielding NIL offers, seeing what what potential compensation is out there for him. Um, so, yeah, it's you see it every year where guys are just kind of almost testing the market, seeing what's a, what's out there in, in a sort of pseudo free agency. And uh, it's very possible that they could end up back at Mizzou. But obviously, we always knew that there was the potential for quite a bit of turnover as well. And, and here's why that's OK. Because Dennis Gates could very well look at this roster and go to three or four guys and go, you know what? I don't really think you're good enough to play here for me. And, and mm-hmm. so as long as that exists, then by all means, the kids have have their options in front of them as well. Um, I, I think today Dennis Gates was in St. Louis. I know he did a, a radio interview with Frank Cusimano this morning. I had heard some talk that he, he may uh, be meeting with some of the folks with Corey Frazier and some of the folks at Brad Beal Elite. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, just, just a rumor that's going around. But certainly like his next couple of weeks will be doing all the things that the brand new coach has to do. You better talk to the Brad Beal elite people. You better talk to the Mokian people. You're going to have to recruit your own roster. You better have a constant eye. Like I saw like 40 tweets today about guys entering the transfer portal because their teams are losing. New coaches are coming in over the next two weeks. We are going to see like 400 kids in the transfer portal and he's going to be active there. And Oh, by the way, apparently Desiree Reed Francois has him committed to doing like 34 caravan stops over the next two months to meet fans. Yeah, yeah, that seems le- that not super fun. I, I mean, he's getting pretty well compensated, but like, I, I honestly might be like, ah, two point something mil. I'm gonna need more to do thirty stops in sixty days. That sounds miserable. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's normal. Like you said, you know, he he could go to guys, he could have gone to guys and he still might say, you know, we need room on the roster. Like fans, I think are conditioned still from the past to every time someone enters the transfer portal, like wince or be like, ah, I don't know. That's not good. Uh, It needed like there needed to be some turnover and there was always going to be some turnover. Of course you would like Trevin Brazil to stay on the roster. He's very athletic. I think he would actually be a great fit for Dennis Gates's system, but I don't think that's like the death knell to the to the Dennis Gates era in the program. If you don't, there was always going to be quite a bit of turnover. This was always going to be, you know, over the next probably two or three years, kind of you know rebuilding the roster, um, and and that starts now. And we'll see how drastic, how many spots he has to fill. Yeah, and and I'm going to put it more bluntly than you did. For the last two months, and rightfully so, all we heard was this roster sucks. Like. <laughs> It's this team is bad. We need a new coach and we need a restart. Well, then when kids start entering the portal, it can't be, oh my God, what's happening? No, like these are the players you wanted gone. And and I understand Brazil is not one of them. And and I would say, you tell me if you disagree. Literally the only thing from this roster that I think I would prioritize if I was Dennis Gates is keeping Trevon Brazil. Other than that, Whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't legitimately want to have to replace 11 players because that's a disaster. I mean, like, that's just that you're just not going to find enough good ones out there, even with whatever we're talking about, you know, 400 plus. I'm probably going to be more than that, but maybe like a thousand players in the portal. That's what it was last season. You're still going to be very hard pressed to find 11. So you and you also don't want to bring in 11 transfers who and then have like, you know, one spot next year. So you don't actually want everyone to leave. But yes, I mean, he's 
the the guy at the top of the list where I would say, man, losing him hurts. And I'm like, I, I do think that, you know, Kobe Brown's a good college player and I think you could build around him. Um, Aiden Shaw would be a nice, a nice player to have, but Brazil is kind of in his own tier in terms of priority in my mind. And, and here's my thing with Kobe Brown. It's not that he's not a good player. He's a good, solid college player. He's got one year left. Like <laughs> the foundation of Dennis Gates's program is far more likely to be built around Trevon Brazil and Aiden Shaw than it is Kobe Brown, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and also like we talked to Conzo after a lot of games this year where he was kind of like, yeah, Kobe got to be better. I mean, he led the team in scoring, but somebody has to lead the team in scoring and there just weren't other guys that, that seemed capable of it this year. So it's not a knock on Kobe Brown. It's just because of his age, if he leaves, I, 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 I don't really view that as, as that damaging. I like, if you, if you can pick, do you get Aiden Shaw to recommit or Kobe Brown to stay? Well, it's Aiden Shaw to commit and it's not even close. Cause he's going to be here for four years and Kobe Brown's going to be here for like 10 months. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I'm not someone who thinks Aiden Shaw is like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to call him overrated, but I know that it's been a while since Mizzou got a, pro, a, a prospect ranked that high. And some people have big expectations for him. Like, I think there's a chance he could come in and play 15, 20 minutes a game and average like five and four next year. Like that'd be about my expectation. He could be a little better, but I don't think he's like a program turning recruit. But yes, I agree that, you know, if it would be good to infuse athleticism, which he has and get, you know, a four year player who, who can be around for a little while and be kind of a building block. Um, so uh, I've reached out to Aiden Shaw um, a couple of times. And most recently yesterday, I have not heard back. I saw on Twitter that someone else said that he said that he was, it was still in the running. Uh, welcome to recruiting in 2022. It's just the, it's the rumor mill. Um, so we'll see. I mean, fair to say Aiden Shaw's upside as a freshman is what Trevon Brazil was yeah. as a freshman, right? Yeah. I like best case. I think. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I mean, the roster is going to be what it's going to be. Um, oh, okay, wait, I, I'm breaking news. Ready? I'm breaking news on the 573 report. I just received a text from Aiden Shaw. I'll read it word for word. I have heard from Coach Gates, and yes, they are still in the mix. Do we think he's watching? It, it is possible. Do we think that qualifies as breaking news? I mean, no, but I was I was excited. <laughs> No, it is certainly good timing here. I think that's maybe the first time in the history of this uh, show that like something has actually happened while we were on the air. But um, yeah, it's definitely not breaking. But it was it was kind of fun. I yeah, felt like Adam Schefter for a second there. Okay, Missouri in the mix for Aiden Shaw, which we kind of knew, but it's good to know. Um, okay, so Dennis Gates has his press conference yesterday. I'm not even going to ask you for impressions. Just in the forty. 40- five-ish minutes we heard people talk or talk to people like did you learn anything um no not a ton um i actually thought maybe the most interesting conversation i had was we had was with desiree Ray francois off the podium um she answered a couple questions and i actually don't think she was prepared to which was a little strange but she did which was nice and there was at least a couple things nothing like that illuminating but a couple things i didn't know she talked about how when she was at virginia tech in the acc uh, around 2017 florida state was kind of turning its basketball program around and so she was asking around hey you know what's going on there and uh 
Dennis Gates was a name that kept coming up. So that's when he came onto her radar um, and talked a little bit about just some of the things they were looking for, said he was always in the top tier uh, when they were looking for a coach, talked about the importance of what he did at Cleveland State in their minds playing an exciting brand of basketball. She talked about kind of, you know, innovation and analytics, which like those are buzzy words that people say a lot. I don't know how I'm not promising that he has that, but it seems like, you know, an athletic director who's trying to say, Hey, this is how this guy's different than the last guy. Um, so there was a few things there, but overall, no, I mean, like, look, you know, I'm not telling anyone not to be excited. I thought Gates was, was, you know, he's a fine speaker. He was energetic. He was fairly engaging, but it's not like he said anything we didn't expect to hear. Yeah. I want to say two things. First of all, uh, look, I am not saying that Dennis Gates was not in tier one of her, of her coaching search, because by all indications, the way the search went, I think he probably was. But like, sometimes I just want an athletic director to be like, you know, he was in tier three. We offered the job to six other guys. They all said no. But but so we got down to tier three, and we felt pretty good about the guy we ended up hiring. Um, but um, the overall, it was kind of press conference 101, which is fine. I mean, look, I don't expect, you know, uh, things to, to be – revelationary or revolutionary on on day one but i was texting with a couple of guys who are in kind of the you know pr media relations type uh, business last night and uh and you know they they said uh, they were talking about winning the press conference and i just said i don't mean any disrespect to what you guys do but you've got to try really hard to lose the press conference because When a new coach gets introduced, what you have that you didn't have before is hope. Like every person in that room, every person on our website, everyone listening to Dennis Gates yesterday wants him to be the guy that takes Missouri basketball to heights it's never been. They've not yet seen him fail to do so, so they are going to believe in their heart that this is the guy. And and so they're going to hear words and say, uh, that proves it to me. This is the guy. I mean, and I'm, maybe he is. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying winning the press conference and making judgments on day one is something that I stopped doing a long time ago because I remember there's a really weird sound going on here. You <laughs> I was going to say, am I the only one hearing that? I kind of sounded like a, like a uh, robot. Yeah, I don't know what that was. It's possible it was on my computer. But anyway, my point is, I walked out of Mike Anderson's press conference in 2006, and I thought, man, he was kind of refreshing. Like, he he said some good things. Like, it was kind of funny when he talked about wrestling the bear, and then, then he said, uh, he said, you know, for the first, for the first few months, it's going to be like 20 minutes of hell and 20 minutes of what the hell, you know? And I thought that was good, and then... I watched his press conference at Arkansas six years later, and it was exactly the like it was the same exact lines. And then he used him again at St. John's last year, and I'm like, oh, maybe the press conference doesn't really matter very much. Right? Yeah. No. I mean, you know that when you said people are hopeful and they're going to look for reasons to to continue to support that, and that's fine. I'm not telling anyone you're wrong for that, but. Yeah, we're I'm, we're just not at the point where we can say. And also, by the way, there are still some people who are looking for reasons to be pissed off about the hire, and I'm sure they found those yesterday as well. So I'm not telling either group that you know you're right yet. There's a lot of a uh, lot of work ahead of Kevin of uh, of Dennis Gates. We'll see how he handles it. 
um, yesterday wasn't that illuminating, but we will we'll start to start to learn a bit a little bit here as he assembles his staff and his roster. Yeah, breaking news: he wants to play good defense, have exciting offense, win national titles, and he thinks everything is in place at Missouri to do that. So, I, I mean. You know, yeah. Um, so we'll take questions. We'll, we'll kind of run through the questions, and if you've got them, please feel free to add them. We'll run through those, and then we'll we'll probably hit just kind of generic impressions of spring football after that to finish up. But uh, here's how we know we've made it as a show, Mitch. Kyle cannot watch live, but came here a few minutes before we started to ask us a question. So we that's I feel like that's dedication. We've got a we've got a dedicated viewership of at least one, uh, which yeah, I feel good. I appreciate about. that. He's a regular. Yeah, Kyle's question was uh, curious on the timetable of when to expect to hear about the coaching staff. So I would say. At the longest, we're looking two to three weeks from now, like the week after the Final Four, and it may take that long for some of this stuff to get publicized. But I think you and I both had the same impression. The way Gates was talking yesterday, he has some guys that I'm not going to say necessarily already lined up and locked in, but some guys that he feels like he's got a pretty good shot at. Yep, totally agree. And by the way, one of those is not going to be his brother, Armin Gates, who we both kind of thought would be a natural hire. Uh, he, he said he didn't, well, actually he didn't say this yesterday, but it said on the radio today he didn't want to hire his brother. But yeah, he, he basically said like, yeah, I've got some names, but in fairness to them, I can't make them public yet, which sounded like, you know, he's got a pretty good idea. Um, and, and it just kind of depends. I think that the final four is such a big uh, assistant hiring carousel type time. It could drag on till then you might see, I wouldn't be surprised if you see at least one name come out before then, but like, you know, you've got assistants everywhere who are, who are trying thinking, you know, maybe they're in the mix for head jobs or other assistant jobs. Like his assistants at Cleveland state are probably interviewing for that job. The, that head uh, job. I saw um, the so, AD said this morning, he was going to interview both of those guys for the job. Yeah. Right. I mean, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think he's got a decent idea of at least maybe a couple of his assistants, maybe a support staffer or two. And, you, you know, we could see one of those type of hires, like a director of ops or something like that sooner. Um, but yeah, I'd say like the week after the final four would be the latest. Um, Case wants to know if we are now off for the summer. I would like that. I would support it. I feel like no, but I, I mean, I could, I could be off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm good not doing anything for the next uh, five. We're months. gonna need people to chip in a little bit of uh, chip in some extra money, though. I mean, if I feel like if we just stop producing content for the rest of the summer, people are going to stop paying us. I stop don't know. We've got a message board. How long do you think it would take? Like, if we just wrote no stories, how long do you think it would take for people to know? Uh, I mean, like. Could, some, we, could like, we make it a week? Some people a while. Uh, so I feel like the people who don't post on there, there is, believe it or not, a segment of our subscriber base, a pretty good segment that never actually posts on the message board and like actually just reads the work. So they would, they might, so we might not notice, you know, they probably wouldn't like publicly throw a fit before leaving or announce their departure. There's certainly a decent number of people on our site who may never notice and honestly probably might enhance their experience. <laughs> 
I I actually might ask if we can get enough people to pay double for us never to write. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. Aiden Thompson says, I saw a tweet saying Brazil had been contacted by Kentucky. Anything on that? Look, I, uh, I'll say the two schools I've heard and have heard prior to him entering the portal were Auburn and Kansas. Uh, I'm sure there will be other schools. Like he is, he was third in the SEC in blocks. He averaged five rebounds a game in fairly limited playing time he's clearly got potential he is going to have options beyond missouri yeah for sure and you know i haven't talked to trevin brazil or any of his people but yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all how many places are are reaching out if kentucky's one of them i will one thing i will say um kentucky obviously great basketball program great fan support if if his fact if what he's just if his deciding factor is truly nil it would kind of surprise me if he ended up at Kentucky because there he's like, you know, maybe their 10th or 11th most talented player. Like they're going to probably bring, I haven't looked at the recruiting class, but I'm sure they're going to bring in a bunch of five stars, some really high profile transfers who averaged, you know, more points than Trevor Brazil last year. And I don't think Kentucky fans were all that locked in on Mizzou. So probably don't know too much about him. So who knows? I, I actually think that that's, you know, if Mizzou can mobilize enough support there, they might be able to beat out an NIL type bid from Kentucky, but he's going to have a lot of options. Uh, Okay, Will wants to know if Gates's wife will work in the athletic department. Uh, Jocelyn Gates is a football administrator at Ohio State. Prior to that, was at Boston College. I mean, look, it's it's possible. I don't know if Missouri has an opening or could create one. I just want to say this, and I don't know, uh, Mitch, your fiance is about to graduate from dental school, so you're more likely to find yourself in this situation than I am. But if my spouse came home one day and said – Hey, I just signed a deal at a new job for six years and $16 million. Like, I'm literally not even telling my boss I'm quitting. I'm just done. I would never work another day in my life. Yeah, I think I think I would do the same. Um, I, I understand that, you know, people who are like high level people like them are probably wired a little differently. And I actually, I say that, like, I probably couldn't actually do nothing. I'd probably have to do something. It, it may not be, it may not be as full time as this, but some sort of, of something to keep me busy and not feel like a complete waste of space. But uh, yeah, I would also, I would take, I, I would, it would take me a while to get there. I'd take a few years, you know, mess around maybe raise uh, they have kids so raise kids in this situation and then then maybe do something uh like part-timey so so what i took out of that is that you do not necessarily believe either of us is high level um you know uh well i mean i think we're you know we're we're high-ish level like we're we're among among uh among mid-missouri journalists we're pretty high i think we do a decent job you know but i mean neither of no one's paying us millions of dollars right as far as you know, internet bloggers and YouTube hosts like, well, no, we're not even high level among that. We're just, we're okay. Yeah. We, we continue to struggle with some of the technical aspects of the YouTube thing, but we're getting, you know, we, we keep, we're getting there. We, we get by. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, look, bottom line, if either of my wife's part-time jobs that she does suddenly tells her they're going to pay her $2.67 million a year to do them, I'm out, man. Like I may not even live here anymore. I don't know. I might just go, hang out on the beach and throw my cell phone into the ocean. So be prepared um, if, if that happens. If if either of the people who signed my wife's checks are listening to this show or watching this show, she does work around the corner from 573T. So I feel like it's, I feel like it's possible. Um, okay. Uh, 
True says Jerome Tang has already poached a Texas assistant, so I would doubt they let Jaron Howard go at this point. I don't think it's about Texas letting him go or not. I think it would simply be if he decides he wants to take a job at a place working for a guy that he's known for 25 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe this, maybe losing one guy makes Chris Beard a little more motivated to be like, Hey, I really need to try to keep my staff somewhat intact, like throw a little more money his way so we can, you know, when this nurse will sway him. Um, I, I don't, I'm not, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on with Jared's Howard. It's a name we've seen thrown out there. Um, I don't, I have no inside information on that, but I don't think that necessarily another assistant going elsewhere changes the equation too much. Agreed. Um, Aiden says, I've heard that Gates is a good recruiter. Could Mizzou be in the top six or seven in the SEC of basketball recruiting? Look, Missouri should never not be in the top six or seven of recruiting in basketball in the SEC. There is zero reason I can possibly think of Missouri should be below South Carolina or Georgia or either Mississippi school or, frankly, Texas A&M. I, I mean, yes, they should be. Also, it's not about recruiting rankings because, again, I, I went back and the recruiting rankings for Florida State and Missouri are actually pretty similar from 2011 to 2019. And Florida State produced 10 NBA players, and Missouri produced two, which played all of one game in three seasons, or one season in three games for Missouri. So it's not about what, how many stars they have on signing day, it's about what those players become. And like they found, Florida State did really good finding guys like Terrence Mann, who was a four star player. He was a top 150 player, but by no means was he a top 50 player in the country. And he is now having a nice, solid NBA career. Whereas Missouri's four stars are transferring to Seton Hall and Elon and doing absolutely nothing in Columbia. And that's the difference. Yep, totally agree. Um, Yes, the recruiting needs to get better on paper, for sure. Uh, There's been too many times over the last four or five years where we've seen a guy with zero stars come in who everyone questions who it doesn't work out. But you're going to get to a point where like, you know, Mizzou is not Kentucky. It's not going to bring in five, five stars every year or something like that. It's going to be a mix of maybe one ever, you know, a top 50 guy every now and again, you hope maybe one every year. And then a mix of, you know, low four stars, high three stars, kids flirting around the, the top 150 cut line, probably. And you need to hit on those guys. And it's, you know, it's hard, maybe hard to know it at the time, but that's actually one of the things that I think you could be excited about with Dennis Gates. And I actually talked to Leonard Hamilton yesterday, and he really raved about him as an evaluator. And when you look at the recruiting results, like you just mentioned, that's apparent. He, he talked about Terrence Mann, how you mentioned, I can't say his name, like Imfiundu Cabangeli, who he was, he was a under-recruited guy who uh, hardly even played for his high school, who, who Gates sort of discovered and um, he, he redshirted his first year, ended up being a first round draft pick. And so he talked about his, his evaluating ability. And if you hit on those guys, yeah, that starts to make a, a big difference on the court. Yeah. It, no question. Like every team in the NFL gets a first round draft pick every year. It's just like half of them, Detroit screws theirs up every year. So that's why they're <laughs> not any good. Right. Um, uh, Austoc wants to know if Desiree's son makes the starting five. And I only put this question on here to make this point. I think if he was walking onto Dennis Gates, first team at Cleveland state, he might've actually had a shot. 
And so this is kind of what I wrote about yesterday. Like, I know Missouri fans think this is just a complete and utter disaster and you have to start all over and it's a train wreck and all that. Dude, this isn't the hardest rebuild Dennis Gates has taken on in the last four years, you know? And and beyond that, I, I think we agree. Like, this team was lacking some things, right? We saw them play 33 games, and it was not always pretty. But they should not have gone 12-21 and 21 this year. The talent on this roster is not that bad that they should have been 12-21 and 21 and run off the court by UMKC and Liberty and... Even if you just bring back all the same guys, I think you should be 500 next year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, a couple things. On the, on the Cleveland State point, yeah. I mean, really, what he did there is remarkable. Um, it, it's not just your average rebuild. He got hired in late July. He had four players on the roster. And Cleveland State has always been terrible. I mean, they literally, he's the first, since they moved to Division One. he's the first coach from there to move on to a bigger job. So no support. They, um, they were in, the they had academic issues as 16. well. What he did there is remarkable. Obviously, it you know, it's a, this is less of a rebuild. It's also it's a little harder to get to like the top of the SEC than the top of the Horizon League. I'm not expecting him to win a league title next year or the year after that. I guess it would be, but yeah, it shows that. And you know, there's all kinds of examples elsewhere in college basketball. This is not some sort of a you know, this is going to take five years to excavate out from the grave it was in. I mean, it, it is a better situation than Consul Martin took over in year one, without a doubt. Of course, the equation got changed when the Porter brothers committed, and I don't know of any five-star siblings whose dad is up for hire in this cycle. But, uh, you know, so I'm not saying I expect him to make the tournament in year one or anything like that. But, yeah, this is not this is not an impossible situation by any means. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland State did make the 1986 Sweet 16, by the way. Uh, they made what? The 1986 Sweet 16. They were a 14 wow. seed. Yeah. Uh, How did that won. happen? Were there only 15 teams? No, they've won – two tournament games in history and they were both that year. I can't, I, I want to say they beat Purdue, but I might be making that up. I don't know. They upset somebody in the first round and then obviously again, up some, upset somebody in the second round because they didn't play a 15. There's season. your Cleveland state history minute for the day. I, I've become very familiar with a uh, college sports reference over the last few weeks. <laughs> everyone's resume might potentially hire. So I do know that. Um, all right, so spring football, I mean, I don't know, just any general thoughts, whether it was black and gold game or, hey, the you know combined like three hours of practice we saw over the last three weeks? It wasn't three hours, that's for sure. Um, it well, maybe... it, it was three hours because we saw two hours on Saturday. Right, yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've got a few things. We can kind of jump around position by position. I'll admit up front, I don't have much to say about the defense because we only really saw them during the black and gold game. And like Drinkwood said, they couldn't blitz. They couldn't disguise coverage. Uh, Chad Bailey didn't play. Trajan Jeffcoat didn't play. And Strikestraw didn't play. Chris Abram-Strand didn't play. So I don't have a ton for you there. Um, offensively, though, we'll start with the quarterbacks. I thought both looked actually a little better than I expected. And it might be because, as I just mentioned, they were playing against half of a mostly backup defense that was terrible last year. So maybe you should be worried, worried about that side of the ball. I don't know. But I thought both did some good things. They both had some mistakes. And Tyler Macon especially, two picks and a couple underthrown balls. But I thought he looked better than I expected, given that the only other time I saw him play was in that Georgia game. I thought Brady Cook did some really nice things, um, was accurate, Several nice throws out to the sideline. 
led a really nice two-minute drill. Um, so th- they were solid. Um, I can uh, We can go on to other stuff, but I'll let you chime in on that if you'd like. <laughs> I mean, clearly still the most interesting thing about the spring football game was that while Brady Cook and Tyler Macon were out there trying to convince the coaches they are the starting quarterback, JT Daniels was standing on the sidelines watching them play. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, you know, that is the unknown question here. They've done this huge roster rebuild and brought in all these transfers. And, like, I think they can have a winning season if Brady Cook is their quarterback. I think they can go 7-5 and five with him at quarterback with this schedule, maybe even 8-4 and four if the defense is, is better than I think and all that. But they are clearly still out there looking for an upgrade at the quarterback position, and we'll see what happens and in, in where it goes. But that was the most interesting thing to me. I mean, the rest of it, look, I'm not going to pretend that I – assess the offensive line in the spring game i don't know there's there's no replays frankly i was in the middle of writing a dennis gates story i mean you know it it just we don't want to take too much out of it um and like at the at the at the risk of being the conductor of the luther burden hype train like i don't know man he looked pretty good yeah he did he did uh, the quarterback thing remains fascinating to me, and I'm glad it's not my job, although I would take the paycheck that comes with figuring out what to do there. But, yeah, uh, receiver was the big standout position, and Luther Burden was a big part of that. And, you know, again, he was playing against backup corner cornerbacks, but he did some things with the ball in his hand that, like, you just don't see a lot of players do, especially not true freshmen. Um, and he, he got open in a lot of different ways. They got him on a little swing pass. They got him on a little slant for a touchdown. They got him downfield on those back shoulder throws a couple times over the middle. Um, he, he showed that he could do pretty much everything. So that was impressive. I, I, I have, feel like I have to give the, the warning of like, you know, the disclaimer, I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman. I promise he, he he's not going to, he's probably not going to lead the sec in receiving as a freshman or anything like that, but he was good. Dominic Lovett was really good. And I thought it was interesting. And there's probably something to the fact that Eli Drinkwood said, like, we just tried to do too much too fast with him last year. And they're kind of letting him play a, a, a more simple role in the slot. And I think that suits him. Um, you know, Chance Looper, I thought was really good. He had a couple nice catches, and he's someone who just vanished down the stretch last year, but impressed me at times. Um, and then, like, that's not even to mention, you know, you Barrett Bannister's still a reliable weapon in there. Towski Dove is going to start and made a couple nice plays downfield. You've got Mookie Cooper. You've got uh, J.J. Hester. So uh, I think there's a good amount of depth there. I think that room probably has the potential to make the biggest jump from last year to this year. Yeah, hopefully one of those guys can play tight end. And look, yeah. <laughs> here's how I will control the Luther Burden hype. He will only win one Heisman this year. It won't be two. They won't give him two Heismans at the end of the season. Um, But I think the big thing to remember is we didn't even see the Missouri team. Like the, the, the starting units were split up. So, you know, whatever we draw out of spring football, let's just wait till, till mid August to do that. Um, I think we should finish. Like I'm still kind of pissed off. Shaq's not the coach, man. We we had that like hour long show, hour and a half, however long it was the night the night uh, the night Conzo got let go, and we figured it all out. And I don't I don't even think they talked to him, which is very. So we probably should ask Desiree about that yesterday. I'm disappointed that we didn't. I mean, we have look, we are growing the show by the week, and clearly Desiree Reed Francois and Moonshoy are not watching. Uh, yeah, and Aiden, and Aiden Shaw is, so they need to get with the program and connect with the youth, connect with their athletes. 
<laughs> so, um, I, look, things are going to happen. It's going to be uh, kind of all over the place. They're just going to happen as they happen over the next uh, two, three, four weeks at some point. Uh, hopefully we'll get to, to talk to Dennis Gates longer than the three minutes we did yesterday. And again, that's not a complaint. It's just the nature of what that day was. And that was all that was possible. So hopefully he'll be back in town at some point. We'll get a chance to sit down with him, maybe a chance to sit down with, uh, with Desiree as well and, and go a little deeper on, on what can be expected here. Um, I am going to go run. 27 mock drafts to figure out how the Chiefs are replacing Tyreek Hill the rest of the evening, and Mitch is going to the uh, casino to put his money on the Broncos to win the AFC West. So that's our night. For a second, I thought you said you were going to go run 27 miles, and I was like, well, that seems incredibly excessive and not fun at all. No, yeah, because a marathon isn't quite enough for me. I need that one extra mile to feel like I really accomplished something. All right, um, I don't know. Anything else we missed? That's all I got. All right. Um, well, thanks. Go uh, find out other than Aiden Shaw texting us in the middle of the show what happened for these 40 minutes while we were on the air, and uh, we'll catch you later. Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys all for joining us this week. Um, good little, uh, you know, end of the workday uh, activity for you all. Thanks for being here. Thanks to 573Ts for sponsoring it. Again, you guys should go to 573Ts.com. You can get some Power Mizzou stuff there, but I'm guessing in the next few days they're going to have some Dennis Gates stuff for you, um, some merchandise. So check that out. Uh, go to 573Teees.com. Hit the like button on the show. Uh, leave some nice comments on the podcast, however you're consuming this. Uh, much appreciated. And I don't. we know we'll be back probably next week, but We'll see. Things happen, and we'll be there to cover. Talk to you.